Scottie Pippen underpaid, Jordan taking over the league. Welcome to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Guys, uh, good to see you, and I'm sure we're all uh, reflecting on what we saw last night. Yes, yes, yes. Um, everybody's very excited about it. I was in particular. Um, I don't know about you, Kenny. I don't know what you thought about it. I love that. I always love you know, everything that has to do with Mike, Scotty. Those are a lot of guys that I watched growing up. Kenny, tell us what your thoughts were on the documentary and what your memories were when this was coming out and when this was happening. Yeah, I definitely was living it. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it did bring back great memories, competitive memories, juices flowing, uh, you know, knowing, um, you know, Michael through obviously through college and playing with him in college, mm-hmm. you know, that was, um, you know, playing with him in college, that was brought back real memories. And um, just knowing who he is as a person, and kind of reading in between the lines of certain things that were said <laughs> also was pretty interesting as well. Uh, can you get into some specifics uh, when you talk about certain things that he was talking about? There Was there some things that have you seen growth, changes, maturity from college to, to then? Well, I, I just like understand his competitive Dean. To mm-hmm. me, you know, Danny, if Dean Smith was a basketball player, mm-hmm. he would be Michael Jordan without the cursing. Okay. Like, okay. That's who he will. That's who he is. Like he is like the basketball player version of Dean Smith. Like the, he's definitely the, a product. The, um, he's definitely a product of, of Dean. Yeah, I mean, some of his lines are even Coach Smith's lines. They're not like they're not his. So yeah. it's like, that's what's interesting. You know, some of his lines are hit uh, Coach Smith. But I, I think overall, just the the um, if Michael says, just from knowing what I know from even college and you know throughout the league, if he says, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a time if he says, "Hey, Danny, I think you might need a break." Mm-hmm. He's not saying he needs a break. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. He, 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 you have to read between the, the competitive lines of saying that at every time and every thought process, he thinks that he's the greatest basketball player on the earth, and he's always going to give maximum effort. And a lot of guys try to give maximum effort, Danny, you guys, but they can't back it up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the few guys who can back it up and back up everything that he's saying with his physical actual play. For sure. And it looked like he's going to find any edge he can get. And whether it's try to get you to take a break, get you on the golf course, or, you know, bet against you in other ways, or try to get you mentally um, in a different area, he's going to use that to try to, to mess with you as, as, a, as a competitor, which was interesting. Um, I also don't remember – I mean – I, yeah, because I was too young as a kid in 98. I don't remember that they had to break up after the 98 team. Uh, did, did you remember this when, when this was going down? Was oh, yeah, yeah, this was going on. You know, and the funny thing is everyone talks about how Scotty was underpaid. You know, Michael at one time was, like, probably 30th in the league in pay. Like, when he was the best player in the league. You know, and they said, well, what are you going to do? And, you know, this I didn't see this part in the documentary they didn't put in, or at least at this point. And Michael said, well, I, I'm going to honor my contract. I'm just going to play it out. So he played like at two or three years, you know, at like $2 million a year. That's the reason why it ballooned to $36 million. So he was underpaid for so many years. And then, you know, if you took a, a, a Dan, if you, and guys, if you took an understanding of what he brought to the economy of basketball and what he brought to the economy of Chicago, mm-hmm. they had did that one time and it was over like $4 billion based on the fact that he played basketball. Meaning, the day he played the game, the restaurants around the arena, outside the Chicago areas, the you know 
the everyone from a movie theaters, like everybody made more money the days the ball played. Mm -hmm. So $36 million, he was still underpaid. But <laughs> he was a guy who also, the Bulls were just notorious for pay, underpaying guys. Michael, that's what Michael says. I thought he was selfish because Michael did it. He paid, played for less money knowing that he signed a contract and the league had expanded and gotten bigger in terms of uh, value. Kenny, there's, yeah, there's so much more that we can get into Pippen's contract and just the status of the league back in that time. I also, we have to talk about what would have happened if the Clutch City Rockets ever saw the Jordan Bulls in the finals. I want to definitely going to touch those subjects. That would have been their last dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that came across in the documentary was Jerry Krause. He's uh, portrayed in a, in a negative light because of, as Danny alluded to, the team, quote unquote, having to break up. Yeah, I look at general managers now, and it feels like there's a shift where general managers are more collaborative uh, with their players. For example, and Danny knows about this, with uh, Rob Palenka and working with LeBron James and Anthony Davis this offseason and kind of helping them craft the roster to what LeBron and AD were kind of looking for. Have you? I'm sure you've noticed the change in where general managers are not necessarily butting heads with stars of Michael Jordan's or LeBron James caliber, as we saw in the documentary. Did you not see? Did you did you not see LeBron James leave Cleveland? Oh, well, like, that's you right. see the way Wade leave Miami. <laughs> like, like it's the same thing. It's just that it was the best player in the world. Like every ownership group, there at the end of the day, the bottom red line, ninety percent of them is about making money, period. So yes, there are a few owners in the league that say, you know, winning is more important, but no. Michael Jordan as an owner mm. is worried about his bottom line. You know, so no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that it's changed. I think that it's a perception. I see it happen. You know, I see Anthony Davis now, a Laker. I don't see him being in, in New Orleans, like no one, these front office guys don't always get along with their players. But when you have the, you know, championship mixed, uh, you, you're surprised that that would be said publicly. Maybe it's not as public as it was before, but those things are said in the exact same manner. They're just said a little bit differently with a little <laughs> bit more, uh, you know, coop to it. But it's the same stuff, man. The exact same stuff. So – you as a, going back to college, uh, Kenny, you played with Mike back then. And I'm just trying to see when you realize, or when most people realize, he was the best player in the world. Bobby Knight said uh, he thought he was the best player in the world when he was, went to the Olympics uh, right after college. He knew then. and Best collegiate. I don't think okay. Bobby knew he was the best basketball player. Okay. Because, you know, you know, obviously Dean Smith had a more you know, influence than Michael on his game and saw it more uh, playing, you know, three years at North Carolina. But uh, I, I believe he didn't realize he was the best collegiate basketball player at that time. Do you think that watch, – obviously watching now, do you still think at that time that Lajon was the right pick at number one? Oh, without question. Uh, I think yeah. Michael had deficiencies. It was crazy because even like when we play – you know, as you know, we play pickup every year in, at Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. and, and I used to say, oh, I got Mike. I could guard him. And he's like, oh, you think you can guard me? I'm like, yeah, because you don't go left. <laughs> or, or you, said, and this is real conversation, Danny. I used to be like, your moves are only two dribble up. Like yeah. you go one, two up, one, two up. So I was like, oh, you easy to guard. 
<laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. The things that I used to tell him or we used to joke about that was his deficiencies mm-hmm. were his strengths by the time he entered the NBA. Like, <laughs> that's when I, I think someone said it. I don't know who said it in the film. And I looked at my son, KJ, and I said, that's him. And he's like, the things that he would work on, he could absorb them so quickly. And then they became, I was like, KJ, I used to tell him certain things were his weaknesses. And then the next year, they'd be the best thing of his game, the best part of his game. That, to me, separated him from anybody else. And, and guys, like, to me, what he doesn't get credit for than anything else is that he was the most fundamentally sound basketball player and the best athlete. Usually the best athletes are not the most fundamentally sound yeah. basketball player. I look at LeBron, honestly. I look at Kobe. I see the incorrect hand in the passing lane. I see the footwork at times was great, but I saw, you know, I see, well, that might have been a walk. That might have been a travel. I, I see, you know, balls on the weak side. I don't see they have one foot in the, in, the, in the lane on the other side on defense. Like, I notice all those great things that you, when you're not a great athlete, you have to do yeah. like Michael did. <laughs> to me, that's what made him the best basketball player in the world. And you definitely okay. learned that probably from being at Carolina. And I think you who I think the person who pointed out I think it was his dad. He said, "You want to motivate Michael? Tell him something he can't do, and he's going to prove it to you that you know he's going to be better at it than you or anybody else in the world at it." And that was that was a line that stuck with me when I was as a kid um, when it came to the critics. You know, not just using it in a positive light. Um, go ahead, Harry. Go ahead, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kenny. And going back to that point that Danny made, what I found so you know unique was that you know there were clips of. Magic Johnson, there were clips of Larry Bird, and those guys were great in their own way. Hall of Famers, no doubt, first ballot. And they were openly admitting that Jordan, you know, Larry said, you know, that was, you know, referenced that you know, that was God dressed as Michael Jordan when he had the, you know, the, the outburst in game two of the Eastern Conference playoff first round series. Magic Johnson said it. I think, I, obviously, people, I think people say that now about LeBron, but it, it felt like it took so much time to get to that point where people are admitting LeBron's the best in the league. And obviously, there's still an argument now, but it, was, it seems as if the league's superstars, Bird, Magic, were, were, weren't too, it didn't take them too long to admit something that a comp- I didn't anticipate an competitor admitting like that. Well, because defenses were different also in that era where you could hand check, you know, you could hard file, you could do things to slow guys down. But his fundamentals outweighed all of those things. And so you put, you coupled that with the athleticism, the greats of the greats understood that he was impossible to guard. You know, I don't even, I don't know if this is going to be part of the documentary, you know, you remember the legal offense where you can't have four guys lifted on one side? That's the Michael Jordan rule. Oh, okay. Because the Bulls, the Bulls used to have – they used to say, okay, there was a, a league rule that you had to play defense and you had to have be an on distance of the man instead of zones because zones were illegal then. Mm-hmm. So it's like no zone, but you got to at least be an on distance of your man so we know you're not a zone. So the Bulls was like, okay, if you're going to do that, we're going to isolate four guys on the other side of the floor up top and have Michael play one-on-one and you have to be on distance of your man. So they were like, no, that's a legal offense because <laughs> – he could score every time if you lifted four players up. He was scoring at a clip that was incredible. So they were like, no, that's a legal offense. You can't do it. Yeah. To me, the greatest players of the world have rule changes. 
That's what to me separates. So, like Will Chamberlain, they expanded the the, the you know just this history lesson here. He they expanded the the length of the of the the three second lane because of Will Chamberlain. It, like it's too easy for him to score. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the no dunk rule in college. Like you can't dunk. This guy's too great to dunk. Michael Jordan, illegal offense. That's crazy. <laughs> like, it's illegal for him to have the ball. And everyone else up top. That's illegal. <laughs> like, to me, that's when you know you're a GOAT. Now, if you haven't had a rule change, don't tell me you're a GOAT yet. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. If, uh, I, know, I think I know the answer to this, uh, but if Mike doesn't retire, do you think you guys still get him? Um, you still uh, – Well, I, I will say this, Danny. You know, not a yes, but a hell yes. <laughs> I, I, I think that we really have to think about it this way. It means they would have had to win eight in a row. Mm -hmm. Because they won three, we won two, then they won three. Mm -hmm. That means that in eight years, which is super – and, Danny, you've been to championships, you understand this. Injuries, you know, contract disputes, all of the things that we're seeing in those three, those would have been coming up earlier. Yeah. So it's impossible at times to win back to back because of that, you know, but to win eight NBA finals when they've gone seven games in a couple of those finals, you know, they've gone, you know, where they've been down in series three, two had to come back and win things of that nature. I think it would have been impossible to think that someone could win eight straight championships. If anyone could have done it, yes, it could have been him, mm -hmm. but I don't, I, I think, they, would have, they had a difficult time in the regular season. Now, Michael's different in the playoffs. But in the regular season, during those years that they've won championships, especially the first year, first three years, we were 6-2 and two against them in the regular season in the, their championship years. They only beat us twice. You know, they had a very difficult time because Phil Jackson didn't double-team. So, mm. Kim Olajuwon would go wild against Winnington, and all of those other – and Luke Longley, those guys couldn't guard him. And so, yes, I do believe – and Dennis Rodman. And the king was still a king. He couldn't guard him. Neither one of them could guard him uh, in the low uh, – I thought Dennis was better at guarding a king than uh, David was. But, no, I, it still was going to be a 35-20 point. 25-25 re rebound, 35-point night for a king. <laughs> no matter who guarded him those years, it was – I mean, David Robinson, now, granted, like, Danny, the like, that's the top six, seven center in basketball ever? Like, ever? Yeah. He was giving him 40? I don't know what Dennis would have done. <laughs> couldn't, you said get into his head, Danny. You couldn't get into Akeem's head. Okay. And the one thing that he was, and I don't know if it was his, his, uh, you know, during that time of Ramadan and, and during that time of, of um, mental focus and his religion, everything was coming together mentally for him. Like, he, he changed as a person, like, in front of my eyes. And I saw how he, he, he became such an honorable person that I don't think anything could have gotten in his head. Okay. He was focused at that. He was very mature at that time. Oh, his, it, yeah, his focus was different. Kenny, I could appreciate your answer. I understand there's a level of bias that comes into it, but I understand. I, I, I applaud the answer. But this is a question that I'm sure there's no bias in. What that about? Way, wait. <laughs> Clay, 
he played one year. He was just wearing number 45. Like, when he had 55 okay. points in the garden, nobody was saying that, that Michael was not back. They were like, oh, he's back. He has 55 in the garden against the Knicks. Yep. They, but he was wearing 45 in the second time we won it. And they lost to the Orlando Magic with Shaq. We swept them. This is we true. had no trouble with them. We swept the team that they couldn't beat. So, no, I do not believe in any – when he was getting 55 in the garden, everybody's like, he's back. Y'all going to be all in trouble. He's like, okay. <laughs> all right, we'll see. All right, okay. Uh, so, how about, how about this one? The Kobe, Shaq, Lakers, Jordan, Bulls. Who wins seven-game series? Which, which Bulls team? Give me the best Bulls team versus the best Kobe Shaq Oh, the best team. Bulls team is the best Bulls team. Best Bulls team is the best basketball team that I've seen. Um, the second best team I've ever seen is probably the 86 um, Lake, uh, no, Celtics uh, and then the, the, then the Laker team right after that. So those are the three best teams. Like, that was this eras of having, let me see, LeBron, AD, and <laughs> give me one more great big. Uh, that's it, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. That would be like having Kevin Durant, KD, AD, and, and LeBron. That was equivalent mm. to that of our era. Like, it, uh, it was unguardable. And then you have great guards with them. So, it was just – yeah, that was the best team. The Celtic team was the second. But they would they would not have beat, I don't think, that might okay. – the 79, 72-win team. So, another thing that came across in the documentary and every, a lot of people are talking about were the, the players' salaries. And – Obviously, uh, Scotty Pippins was highlighted. You know, the interesting thing, Kenny, and I'm sure Danny, Danny has told me, I was caught off guard by how cognizant players are about what other players make in the league. I could ask Danny right now what five <laughs> players are making, and he could tell me right off the top of his head. Just <laughs> I probably could, too. <laughs> is it just – obviously, it's, it's interesting because you guys are in a different, you know, tax bracket, a different type of, you know – from the average person, but it's still something that you guys have to do because you want to make sure that you're on the same level as people in your workplace. It's just, it's just interesting seeing it from the other side when you're not, when you're a regular person. You know when it really starts to, when guys starts to notice, like, I don't think we notice what guys are making on a daily basis, no. But when, especially when Danny's playing on, he's playing for chips. He's not playing for, like, I'm in the league. Like, there's a time where you say, I'm in the league, and then sometimes you're like, no, I'm playing because I'm trying to win it all. And I know my value to win it all. And we know how difficult it is to win it all. So I understand the value of a Danny Green who might say, well, damn, he's only averaging 11 for the Lakers or 10 in the Lakers. But we understand that that 10-11 is really like 19 <laughs> with other teams. Like, you play with somebody else. I can, Like, I was, I was with Sacramento. I averaged – 17, 7, or whatever it was. I come to Houston, we went in chips, and I imagine 15. My 15 in Houston is way more important than that 17 I was getting in Sacramento. Yep. Like, so I understood, like, so you were, wait, 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 wait. What, this guy's making, y'all going to play this guy? What I make? And I'm winning championships? And, like, you know you can't win without me? Like, no, no, no. So that's when it really, I think, where Scotty felt. I, it, I was embarrassed looking at that, even as a player back then. I was embarrassed as a player or as a former player to watch the, 
and see what Scottie Pippen was making as a basketball player. I was embarrassed. And mm. I wasn't – it wasn't even me. Yeah. I, was, I used to look at that and be embarrassed to see that. Because to me, it, it, what it also did, when you don't have the right guys at, at that point in the league, because the collective bargaining agreement, Danny, your guys did a great job. It's different now. Mm-hmm. But what it did, it skewed the league differently. Because then an owner could go, well, now I come in and I'm not the Bulls. And I come in and I'm with the Houston Rockets. Well, I'm not going to pay you more than Scottie Pippen. He only makes two. It skewed the league in wrong. So you should always play the best players, the best. So then it's skewed correctly. And no owner could come in you and say, you shouldn't make more than Scottie Pippen. He's only making $2 million. Why are you doing that? For sure. For sure. And to back to your point, Harrison, Harrison's been saying we take offense. Uh, I don't think it's we take offense. I think it just comes from a competitive standpoint. And none of us like to count each other's pockets, but when it comes down to that competitive, that competitive nature, you know, that's part of it. And it's like, oh, this guy, I know this guy, well, he shouldn't be making more than me, or I should be in the same bracket as this guy. You know, that, that's when it comes to memorizing and knowing certain guys' salaries or, or you know, this guy, he's in my, in my uh, position. So, you know, I'm going to know the guys in my position more than anybody. Um, I have a term, Danny, that I, I, I stole from um, Chris Rock. actually gave it to me, okay. but I use it. And I call it the looters in a riot. Mm-hmm. There's certain guys that can get things because there's a riot going on. Like, they're yeah. looters. Yeah. We know who those guys are. You, you, know, you, you averaging, uh, you, you averaging 19 and, and 8, yeah, but you're a looter because you're not getting your, your points when they matter. Mm-hmm. Like, then there's guys who get their money when there ain't no, loot, no looting going on. The lights is on and there ain't no, no pandemic. Like, they're getting their money. <laughs> Like, those are the guys – and you know who they are as a player. Like, you, know, you play on this team, you take bad shots, you play at the end of the game, you're padding your stats. We all know how to pad – I know how to get five extra points a game. I know yeah. how – I'm a, I was a scorer, so I knew how to do that. Like, I'm like, dang, I got 13, let me get 18. Like, we're losing this game. Let me just – I'm not playing to win no more. I'm just – we're going to lose this one. We're down, you know, 16 with, you know, four minutes to go. Let me get 18. I know how to do that. I knew how to do that. But when I was playing to win, I wouldn't take certain shots to do that. So there's a difference between being a looter mm-hmm. and being a player. For mm-hmm. sure. So do you, back to the whole Scotty thing. So you don't think Scotty was being selfish in that aspect of taking his summer and getting surgery during the season and kind of waiting out. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Scotty was being selfish at that point? I, I think that, the only way I was, I'm a, I'm a, and, 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 and Danny, you, you 100% will understand this. Uh-huh. The only way that we were brought up at Carolina, he was being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, th- that we don't know anything else other than that. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, I'm not, Harrison, we were brainwashed by <laughs> Dean Smith and Roy Rogan. <laughs> we're brainwashed. Like, we look at that as selfish. Like, we have no other way to look at that and saying that you're not doing the best you can for your team, mm-hmm. regardless of the circumstances. Was he, do we understand it now, later, and being in the league without question? And we see, we understood what, what he was going through. But in my heart of hearts, that's selfish. Mm. I, 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 I'd agree. But I said after being throughout the league, different teams, different coaches, uh, different organizations, and understanding the business side of it, I, I think he – he made a state. He could have made a statement in a better way, 
you know, some guys have to feel like, all right, well, you think I'm not that valuable or you don't appreciate me. I'm going to show you how valuable I am when I'm not there or I'm not playing. So I'm going to take a, a month or two off. Um, but I think is, is there a better way of going about it? For sure. Uh, without, you know, hurting the team. Um, and also later on, you see, he was demanding a trade and said, I would never play in a Bulls uniform again. Uh, I've been in that situation before. So, uh, mm. you know, uh, it's just, and you see both sides of it. It's interesting. And you got to see what, you know, he has to do what's best. For, and sometimes it turns out well for that player. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes they have to do what's best for their family, what's best for them. And, unfortunately, yeah. and, and like I said, Michael went through that. And he mm -hmm. actually honored his contract during those days when he was getting making $2 million. So he, he couldn't under, he could understand it. He just couldn't agree with it. You know what I mean? He just couldn't agree with it. And, and the same thing with, um, if you looked at, you read between the lines, I'm reading between the lines because I, I'm able to because of the relationships. He's, he also says, well, Krauss wanted to break the team up. Mm -hmm. And he said he was going to, he said, well, I brought everyone in and we're going to prove to him that he shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. His thought process was, okay, we're going to show you that you're making a wrong decision. Yeah. Not, mm -hmm. I'm going to stick it to you uh -huh. and going to make you say, and then go, I'm not going to play most of the game. You know, when I feel my ankles hurt, I'm going to sit yeah. out and let you see what we are. He said, I'm going to prove to you that we're worth it. Yeah, that's a Carolina, that's a Dean Smith line. Like, that is 100% Coach yeah. Smith. So I'm laughing, and, I, and I'm laughing, my son, KJ, you know, uh, yeah. he goes yeah. to Carolina, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, aware. that's that's the Coach Smith said used to say stuff. That that's a Coach Smith line. Yeah, he definitely he definitely you could tell the route the way you're just explaining it. The route that Mike took was a lot different than some, how some players would today or have in the past. And and you know you've seen guys holding out or not you know participating in training camps until their contracts done. You know stuff like that. Um, Mike was he said his route was I'm gonna show you that I'm worth it. Or I'm gonna show you this team is worth it. Uh, which most guys that approach wouldn't take today. And That's the harder approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the longer approach. It's the harder the the instant gratification is, oh, you you don't think that I'm worth it? All right, I'm gonna sit out. All right, let me see. Good. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's instant gratification. You get to see it. But to prove that I'm worth it more, that might take 25, 30 games. Yeah. That might take 42 practices. Are you willing to sit and that's what makes him him. Like, no, I'm willing to put in every single thing every day to prove to you I'm this. That separates him from other great players. And, and the crazy thing is, I think I don't think a lot of people realize this second season in the league, which said he was still very in his prime, damn there, and young, and could have put up so many. So well, his numbers could have been outlandish if he would have played his second season. He sat most of the season. And was on minute restriction for 14 minutes uh, up until the play. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. I didn't even because know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? But, well, let me I, give you another. Because I remember him being Carolina hurt. History. I remember him being hurt, but I don't remember him being on minute restriction for the whole season. No, I'm gonna give you Carolina history. Okay. Because during that time when he came back, and I, I was like, I wonder if they're gonna show this. And then he goes, he went back to North Carolina and Chapel Hill. Yeah. So, <laughs> Will and Jim. You know what Will and Jim yes, is. Yes, I do know Will and Jim. So, so that? We, that, Will and Jim is the exor, ex, uh, uh, auxiliary gym that we used to play in now, yeah. when, when, like, Coach Smith would have camps. 
So we couldn't play on the main court, so we go to that gym. Okay. And that was where everyone plays pickup. So you could come in there and play against Carolina guys who play on the team and play pickup. So most of the time there was the football players because they always thought that they could play basketball and they were great athletes. So it would be us and the football players playing pickup. And so what Michael did, he got all of the football players from Carolina because they were out of their season. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't play pickup with him at Woolen Gym. So I'm literally one day driving by, because Carmichael, we used to play at Carmichael, and it was connected. Yeah, so Carmichael this, now Woolen Gym's connected. To give you uh, some, Carmichael was the, is the women's arena now. Gotcha. And it's the women's arena, right. Yeah. Okay. Right, so I'm, I'm coming out of practice, and they're like, Michael's playing pickup. See, and, and, and again, Mike Jordan, not Michael. Yeah. So like Mike, Mike's playing pickup, and I'm like, Mike's playing pickup. What are you talking about? He's playing with you know with the football. There was two guys named Larry and Barry. They were twin like wide receivers. I mean defensive back. And I walk in the gym, and he's playing pickup with all the football players. And I'm like, Yo, you what are you doing? And he's like, Oh no, I'm just getting. I'm just testing my ankle. I'm just testing it out and see what it is. He's like, and he says, he's like, if you know you can get by football players, you can get by anybody because they move their feet. Yeah, <laughs> and every day, so we were still in the season. We were as well. So after practice, you could hit Michael's at the Michael's plan pickup with the football players. So you knew I knew he was ready when he when they said he's coming back. I was like, oh, he's been playing now. He had a whole <laughs> when he wasn't. All you had to, to do is all you had to do is come to Chapel Hill, and you would have saw him playing every day. <laughs> yeah. and people, everyone in Chapel Hill knew because when he played pickup, floods of people would come to the gym. So wow. everybody in Chapel Hill knew he was playing. Yeah, everybody basketball. was there. <laughs> everybody was there. Everybody had access to You, If you were on campus, you can get into Woodland. It's not hard to get into. Like, literally, Danny, this is how we used to have it. When Michael used to come, when he was in the NBA, after he left college and he was in the NBA, he'd come back. And we would have 3,000 people watching us play pickup. Pickup games. How we have everything. Cl- we have it closed off now. But, yeah. It was no, it was out. open. Yeah, three thousand people watching us play pickup games. Like it was a, a it, like that's you stay sharp every day. Yeah. And this is, I'm gonna give. Um, this is another Chapel Hill story. So this is <laughs> this, Danny's gonna feel it a little bit different than you, Ray Harrison. I'm, I'm so here for it. Stay, <laughs> but we we used to stay in one dorm all together in the same dorm. Granville um, Granville Towers. Granville Towers. <laughs> See, and we all stayed on the same floor. So every phone number never changed from year to year. Like if you just got the next person just would hook up the same and get, it would be the exact same phone number. So mm-hmm. your number would end in like two, one, mine would end in two, two, his would end in two, three. It never changed for 10, 15 years. So when Michael would come to town, you'd get the first call and you hear somebody's phone because everybody's doors always stayed open. You get a phone ring. And he's like, yo, yeah, I'm gonna be there. So Michael would be like, this is what he, every, day, every time he come in town, Yo, I'm in town. School's in session. And yeah. Right? So that'd be 20. So 21. You're 21. Two seconds later, 22 would ring. And he could, hey, yo, this is Michael. I'm in town. School's in session. 23 would ring. And it would ring. Each room would ring. And he would let everybody know he's here. So be in the gym to play pickup. <laughs> he was ready to go. Ready to go. That's great. Grand yeah. power days. Wow. Yeah, wow. indeed. Speaking speaking of more UNC, uh, 
Cole Anthony is going into he's entering the draft. It, it's just such a unique position for him to be in because of all this coronavirus between how the workout's going to work, when is the draft actually going to happen, uh, didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, all these different things. How do you think, uh, before you even answer how you think he will perform in the NBA, how do you think this whole coronavirus impacts how GMs approach the process, how Cole himself is going to approach this whole process? Well, I hope he could be out Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who didn't play much, you know, <laughs> only played a couple games and then he becomes his great, great pro player. Uh, I think, I think as a, if I was a general manager or president of a team, I would, I would, I would have a difficult time, um, you know, really drafting um, guys with full confidence uh, only because especially college guys, and I'm not talking about the first five picks. I'm talking about anything after five, I would probably have a little discern for because I really wanted to see them on a consistent basis playing an ACC tournament or a Big Ten tournament against the best players and then and, and play in the NCAA tournament against the best players and see how they perform when those lights are typically what NBA playoff lights look like. Um, so I, I would have, a you know, some discern. You know, my gut feeling, I could still say, well, I could project that this kid, I've seen him enough. I probably would have gone his practices and, but when, you, when you're under the lights, you know, it's different from, you know, a guy doing a workout and a guy having a cone in front of him and then having Danny Green in front of him, you know, you know, who's defended the best players in the league throughout his career. That was his job. And then he can guard guys like you. Like, that's a different environment. And I would have gotten to see that a little bit more when the lights are on. Yeah, when the exactly. defenses are really – not only, like Danny, not only the defenses are described to stop you, but they actually have the personnel to do it. Yeah. Like in college, I know that yeah. there were guys, teams that had defenses. That I was first team All-American, blah, 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 player of the year. But certain teams, I'm like, yo, this dude can't guard me. I don't care yeah. what you <laughs> yeah, He's too small. He's not, he doesn't have the, he doesn't right. have the tools to do he it. Just, he's not capable. Yeah, but when you start playing in that tournament, and the ACC, and you start moving up, and they start starting them defenses for you. Yeah, <laughs> they have guys who can actually defend you with the with the guys with the right tools that are actually tall enough, longer arms that can that can guard. Exactly. Um, like I said, it is interesting to see how guys perform on the bigger stage, on the bright stages. And that's that's where that's where the stars are born. That's where players are made. Um, see who's going to bring their game when. Kemba you know, Walker, like yeah. Kemba Walker, showed that no matter if you design the right defenses. At my size and quickness, you still can't guard me. Yeah. To me, that made me go as a as a like a, a analyst. I go, and and we and Charles used to argue about. It. I was like, no, he's going to be a star in the league. I'm like, what he's doing now? That's what you do against anyone. Yeah. And, I, and and that's what you got to see. You know, and and an interesting thing as well is you know, will these and the draft class has been described as. Uh, that is one of the best in the past couple of years. It'll be interesting to see what type of movements GMs possibly make, trading out of spots, maybe punting till next year because of the uncertainty that happened this year with the NCAA tournament and being able to see players. Yeah. So overall, it's just going to be a very unique situation for, for I, in, I think in, in any there, aspect. There are some great general managers and, pro, and, and, and great presidents of teams, basketball operations, and they're not as concerned. It's the lazy ones <laughs> that are going to be concerned. And when I say the lazy ones, I don't – this is how I know you're lazy as a general manager. And I, and I never – I don't think I've ever said this. But I know you're lazy as a president or owner when your team is filled with 
Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. <laughs> I know you're lazy. <laughs> I know you're lazy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. over the top talent or the guy yeah. from the top schools that yeah. she. Knows. I know you're late. You're, you're, you're not, not doing. doing your, you're not scouting. Yeah, you're not. Up. You're not scouting the. You know, when I look at Denver's team, it doesn't really exist of that. When I look at, you know, Portland's team, it doesn't really exist of that. Mm-hmm. So, and they they have been the top teams. In the in the league, as I'm probably getting packages from Amazon. It's an Amazon day. <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's Amazon. Good. No, hold on. It's Amazon. Keep, it, keep the camera rolling. <laughs> hey, just leave the package at the gate. You got it. Yes, sir. <laughs> you can't let them in. Social hey, that's, 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 Every every day, man. Every week, I'm looking forward to packages. That's that's our brightest time of the day. This, yeah, but I, I'm gonna just like I said, it just to me. Look at rosters. Mm-hmm. Look at schools that guys have come from. And find a guy how they got too. there. Yeah, certainly. Then things. you know that this is not a lazy they, – they got a group of guys that are putting in some work, man. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's very difficult to sit through certain players, as Danny was – like we were talking about, where, damn, he's really better than everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's really better than guys in the ACC because he's yeah. not playing against them. I don't know if he's getting guys in the Big Ten or, you know, it's a, it's a hard – that's a hard – I respect those guys. Yeah. There's Scotty Pippen. There's Scotty Pippen's everywhere. Gotta right. Go but, no, there's like – there, and this is what I call it. I call it agent recruiting. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if I'm an NBA agent, right, I'm not going to Weber State. Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. I look at a paper and somebody says, oh, there's a guy at Weber State. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to try to recruit him to be. That's agent recruiting. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not identifying the talent. He's being told who the top guys are. Yeah. And now he goes and he pursues them. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he gets them to be their agent, which is great. You don't have to have basketball acumen to do that. You don't have to understand the game to do that. That's what some NBA executives do. Those those are the ones who are in trouble with the pandemic. Yeah, who can't, mm. who can't get the workouts they want and they don't haven't done the research or the scouting the way they should have. And that's the one thing that and it is hidden. Let's say there's not Scottie Pippen's everywhere. Harrison, let's retract that. There's a <laughs> lot of hidden gems in a lot of places. They're not Scotty, but okay. there's good ones, <laughs> um, and not just here in in America, but overseas. And I think that's one thing that San Antonio did great of. They found some good pieces in some random parts of the you world. Didn't see, but you didn't see Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky on, on, on San Antonio championship teams. Yeah. Not you didn't yet. see that. Yeah. Like, that is homework. That's really identifying. And you have – and you know what that takes? You can't be lazy yeah. because you have to go there multiple times. You got to be in places you don't want to be. You got to watch them against guys that you go, well, damn, I sat here for these three games and I learned nothing about the guy. <laughs> and you got to come back for three more. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what that is. For sure. Before we let you go, Kenny, man, um, just your thoughts on the season returning. Hopes for when it does. What do you think is going to happen when it does? Who are your favorites, top picks out of the East and the West? You might not like what I would want to happen, though. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. On the Lakers. <laughs> and so I'm, this is not for you. I'm talking to Harrison right now. I, I, I got We good. We good. This is just us so right as, here. As, this is a Harrison. This is a fan thing. <laughs> okay. So you a player. You out of this now. Okay. So, Harrison, this is what I would like to see, man. Yeah. I would like to see the NBA come back. 
and do like the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Everybody <laughs> makes the playoffs. One game elimination until we get to the final four. Ooh. So the Lakers would have like the, the Hawks would play the Bucks. One game, Trey Young against the Bucks. One game elimination, winner take all. Because this is an unusual pandemic. Like, the, whoever wins is going to have an asterisk. I don't think the Lakers – Danny's not here. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't <laughs> So, I don't think the Lakers are the same team now, like, after a two-month off. Like, so, okay, one-game elimination, NCAA, two weeks, put everybody in a hotel for only two and a half weeks. Losers, when you lose, you, you pack and get out so you don't, you don't <laughs> infect the rest of us. And you just keep it moving, man. Like, one game and gone, bro. That's what I want. I want to see that so bad. Everybody makes the playoffs. One game. Of, you know what? That would be, it, would be, it would be fun. It would be fun. I would still, like, if I'm the number one seed. Let's say, no, no, I no. You can't. Don't, don't think don't it's Danny Green. Think of Harrison as a fan. Okay. As a, as a fan, okay, I would say this. As a fan, let's say I'm a fan of the Bucks. There is no way I want to risk the Trey Young matchup for one game. Maybe best out of three That's to best out of five to best out of you seven. You don't want to risk it. <laughs> no. Sure. Sure. Now, now, if I'm a Hawks fan, sure, give me that best of one, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll suit up for it. That's my point. Could you yeah. – but you think about, Danny, the, the – the intensity that every game would matter. Oh, I give sure. y'all like four games warm up. I give you a four game low <laughs> exhibition season, yeah. and then we going, we lining up, brother. One game elimination. Oh. You better, LeBron, you better be ready. Yeah. You, know, Dan, you better be ready to chase Trey Young around yeah. there if, you got, if you're matched up against him. Not the only. I guess the only problem. Go ahead, Danny. You got it. Interesting to your um, tournament idea that they're talking about bringing in some in-season tournaments um, in the future and not necessarily the playoffs, but play in to get to the playoffs, you know, certain those, those seven, eight seeds, six, seven, eight seeds, playoffs, seven, eight, nine seed. Um, so we'll see how that might play out in the future. Um, but I don't, don't think sound excited. Yeah. No, I don't think <laughs> yeah, that, no, he don't want that. that doesn't sound fair to the top seeded team. He don't want to play the last place team in the oh, no. fair to the top. I want to see it. <laughs> oh. I want to see LeBron and AD and, and Danny Green have to focus in differently. If you know, if they know they got five games to beat, oh, whatever. Yeah, we're going to beat them in five. There's no way that one night. Oh my God! The Staples Center's going. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Harrison! It's going into the fourth, and they're down five. Oh, oh it's my wild! God. It's wild! Yeah, it's wild! Yeah, no, it's that wild would, in the Staples Center. Yeah, it's, it, no, that would be fun. That would be fun. It's definitely a, a fan <laughs> for sure. All right, let's say it's let's a, say, only a fan. That's only a fan thought. Yeah, it's not a player thought. So back. So if we if we don't do the fan thought. And we go back to the, 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 <laughs> get the regular season and we get the playoffs where, you know, it's seeding and you have to win a three-game series or a five-game series, however it may It's y'all in the Bucs, man. It's okay. y'all in the Bucs. Okay. The best two teams this year consistently on a consistent basis have been you guys and the Bucs. Uh, and I, I don't think that you turn it off when you're playing five to seven games. I think that for one game and two games, you can. Mm -hmm. But over the NBA, when you play a seven-game series, the best team always wins. There is no, no luck upset. In, like luck There's no upset some, in seven games. There's some luck involved when it comes to staying healthy. And I think you're right when you come when you say that every team is different now with this two month hiatus. 
nobody is going to be the same. And the team that wins the waiting game, it's, it's the guys that stay in shape during this time. And so that's why that one game, that one game series or that tournament would be interesting. And the, the best team in the league right now would not win it. It would be the, the most in shape team. And that could, right. be, that could be a 16th seed. That could be the worst team in the league. That could be anybody. Washington. Well, that, that Harrison, that's why we should just do the tournament. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm almost down with it. I'm almost <laughs> down with it. <laughs> I'm hey, I said hey, I said this to Trey Young yesterday, like yesterday. He was like, "Oh, we should do that." Of course, of course, of course. You know, another thing that uh, Kenny that we do want to see outside of just NBA basketball. I think Danny misses this show. I definitely miss it. I've kind of almost patterned my career path off of watching the fun that you guys have on inside the NBA. I, I say this all, <laughs> to all of my friends. I'm like, I cannot believe that's work. And this, yeah. so I, we, I know as NBA fans, we all miss it uh, seeing you, EJ, Charles, Shaq. What is the one thing that you miss the most about not being with those guys? The green room. Mm-hmm. Our green room, like, is this. Well, there's only one. Well, first of all, there's only one green room. You're inside the green room. But it's 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 this time on steroids because this is this is a real night. One night, so you know we got Shaq, mm-hmm. we got all the Laker championships, we got the North Carolina Houston Rockets, Akeem Olajuwon stories with me, you know the Jordan stories. You got the Dream Team stories with Chuck. So, you know, every night that happens. And then NBA TV during the playoffs, they're going on. So then you had Isaiah Thomas on the other side. You had Chris Webber. You had Kevin Garnett. So we're all meeting in the middle. Wow. And, and we're talking at one time, all different stories at one time. And so now I'm like, a, I'm, I was a basketball fan before I was good at it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, the game became good. So like, I knew everything. So I'm listening. And then the NBA's Retired Players Association was doing a drive. Like, they wanted to come into the studio to see it. So they bring in Dr. J, Oscar Robertson, George Gervin, <laughs> like, Lisa <laughs> Leslie. Now we get the W. That was the four people they brought in. So imagine four hours of those people wow. in one room. That's what I miss about us. Not on the air. But yeah. that happens on a, for us on a daily. Like, people stop in, the most unique basketball people, the most unique actors, the most re- they just stop in to listen to us. They, like, like, we don't even say that they're there a lot of times. It's like and they come in. Hall of Fame. And that's what, I, that's what I miss. Yeah, so it's like behind the scenes. So it's like your, your, so it's your favorite barbershop, basically, where you get to gossip. You get oh, to my gosh. Debate. The green room is so much better than our show. And our show <laughs> is great. But our green room is so much better. It's so much better. Well, just set up, just set up a camera in there. Just have a secret recording, and then you'll have like the, you know, the uncut version that comes out. No, that have to be now. HBO. We could do on TNT. <laughs> hey, uh, anyway, I appreciate you. I won't ask you for anything else ever in life after joining the show. Man, come on, man. Except for saving me a seat uh, in that green room. Uh, <laughs> done. When I'm retired, man. See if you can. I'll, oh I'll, yeah, you got I'll, some stories. Hopefully, on the set, I might be able to sneak in and get a. A little cameo, get a job with you guys, but you know, just a green room seat. Uh, and you got stories, back. brother. You're welcome. You got yeah. stories. I appreciate you, man. Valid uh, stories. Um, once you get back to your Amazon package, man, we'll, thank you for joining us on the show, man. Such a pleasure. You know really what it is, Danny? How crazy it is? 
You know what the Amazon packet is, Harrison? What is it? The weights. A weight new basketball goal. <laughs> okay, ah. yeah. Everybody's got to I got to put that up today. Basketball. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. I'm looking at it through my window, and I'm like, I should have had to bring it all the way in because it's heavy as hell. <laughs> you, you, got the, you got the aim high kids coming in, shooting on the hoop? How, are, they, are they still getting No, the no, this in? is my, my – I got two sons that hoop every day. So gotta get, we wore out the rim. Is I got to get another rim. You got to put them to work, man. You gotta, they got to do all the heavy lifting. Put them lifting. to work. How, yeah. the, how, no how, the aim, how the aim high kids doing? Aim high is doing great, man. My my uh my sixth seventh grade teams and eighth grade teams are, you know they're they're, they're super elite. But um, we'll see if they're working out. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for we'll sure. We'll see if they're working out when this is over. Once it's again, time for AU teams too, for sure. Once again, yes, Kenny, man, we appreciate you, man. This was a lot of love, man. This is great. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, that was good. Stories, All day, man. man. Your time, so very much appreciated. Man. Anytime you need me for anything, let me know. Um. I said, enjoy your, your time off. Stay safe. I hope your family is well back home in New York. Um, give them our, yep. our prayers. Um, you as well as said, keep your family close, man, and loved ones. Uh, once again, thank you, man. Uh, huge, huge thank you for your time, man. This was this was great, man. Amazing. So, um, hope appreciate. You, it. I might call you next Sunday. Could come Love on you. my Instagram live. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, there. I'm giving, I'm giving away groceries on my Instagram live to people too, man. So people have been a week of groceries, like they pop in, and so we having a lot of fun with that. That's next Sunday. Okay. This Sunday, I probably have DJ Khaled. I got um, uh, who else is coming on? Stephen A. Smith is coming on. Uh, know, Charlemagne the God is coming I'm on. There. I'm there. So it's going to be a lot of fun next week. Let, Let me know. Fun. I'm there, man. Whatever you need. Um, All right, there it is, brother.